0: This morning we are continuing our journey throughout the book 2 Peter. So if you have your Bibles with you, and I hope that you do, I want to encourage you to go ahead and find 2 Peter chapter 3 this morning. And we're going to be looking at the first 10 verses of that chapter this morning. I do want to just say, if you are here visiting with us for the first time this morning, thank you. Thank you for being here. We hope that you feel right at home here in this congregation. But as we... Find our way to Second Peter chapter 3 this morning. I just want to remind you that Peter wrote this book, the book of Second Peter, somewhere in the time frame of AD 60 to 67, probably closer to the end of that particular time frame, shortly before he was martyred. And then there is an overall theme that we see throughout the book of Second Peter this morning. I've lost my connection, hadn't I? Let's see here. I'll try it one more time. All right let's see we we'll, we'll see if it if it works fine if it doesn't work, that is absolutely fine. We've got, we've got the best documentation in front of us, if you're holding a Bible this morning, that we could possibly have. So I hope that you will continue. Just keep your Bibles over. Follow, open, follow along with me this morning as I preach. But as we look at the theme of the book of Second Peter, it's this, that believers should continue faithfully in the truth as we wait for Jesus to come back again. The believers are to continue faithfully in the truth as we wait for the second coming of Jesus Christ. And this morning, particularly in this particular message, you're going to hear me say that a few times. It is crucial this morning that we keep that theme of the book. In mind as we analyze this text this morning, but if you are physically able to stand this morning, I want to invite you right now to stand with us just to honor the reading of God's word. Again, second Peter chapter three, beginning in verse one, Peter's is reminding this. These people said this is now the second letter that I am writing to you, beloved That with the Lord, one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slow to fulfill His promise, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a roar, And the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved. And the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. Would you pray with me this morning? Father, I thank you so much for the reading of your word, your holy word. Father, I thank you for the opportunity to stand behind this pulpit once again and proclaim the truth of the gospel Father, I pray now that you will hide me behind the cross, just like Will prayed earlier. I pray that you will hide me behind that cross. Lord, I pray that I will point this congregation to you and to the cross. Father, I pray specifically this morning that you will save the lost, that you will set the captive free. I pray that you will break the chains that bind us. Father, I pray that you will do the exceedingly abundantly more than our minds can think to even ask or imagine. And, Father, I pray that you will be glorified in this place today. Father, may, just as we sang that old hymn earlier, revive us again. May you revive us again. May it be today. May it start with me. And may you be forever glorified And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. Now, the title of this morning's message is, Like a Thief... In the night, like if even the night. Now, if you remember the last couple of sermons, as we covered chapter two in this book, Peter was exposing the false teachers, and then we saw near the end last Sunday what is eventually going to happen to those false teachers. Now, as we move into chapter three, Peter devotes most of chapter three to the second coming of Jesus Christ. Remember, I. I've been telling you in each of these particular sermons that the the overall theme of this book is that we as believers should continue faithfully in the truth as we wait for Jesus to come back, His second coming. And it is crucial this morning that you remember that as we look at these ten verses. Peter tells us, By reading this, that the second coming of Christ will occur. It will come like a thief in the night. If you are carrying a King James Bible this morning, that's what it says. Like a thief in the night. I want to ask you a question as we think about that. If a thief were going to come to your house at night, if a thief was going to break in your house at night, Would they call you ahead of time and schedule the time? They wouldn't, would they? They want to take you by surprise. They're, a thief is not going to schedule that time with you. It doesn't matter if you want them to come or not. If a thief's got you targeted, they're probably going to break in your house. And Peter tells us that when Jesus comes back, it will be just that unexpected. As if a thief had come to your house in the middle of the night, he will not call you ahead of time and said, is it convenient for me to come back today? It will happen no matter if you're ready for it or not. So I want to stop right here and ask the question this morning, are you ready for it? Are you sure? Are you certain that you are ready for the second coming of Jesus Christ? Because I want to tell you in love this morning that eternity is a very long time to be wrong. You better be certain that you are ready to stand before Jesus face to face. Now, as our text begins this morning, Peter reminds these people that this is the second letter that he is writing to them. And then he goes on to say in both of these letters, In both of them, I am stirring up your sincere mind by way of reminder. And then he says that you should remember the predictions of the holy prophet and the commandment of our Lord and Savior. So why would he be pointing this out to them right now? I'm going to ask, I'm going to answer that question for you. As humans, sometimes we need a reminder, don't we? Sometimes we need more than one reminder. Peter's doing everything he can right now to grab their attention. I don't know if you remember one of the sermons from the Peter sermon. Sermon series, it was the title of it was Don't Forget to Remember. It's important that we remember certain things. But now when Peter says here in verse 2 that you should remember the predictions of the holy prophets and the commandment of the Lord and Savior through your apostles, what these people were doing, what these false teachers these false prophets were doing is that they were proclaiming that the second coming of jesus christ was not going to occur ever that's what they were proclaiming that that jesus would not come back again now what they were proclaiming let's just be clear it was completely false completely false But as it always is with false teaching, some people will fall for it. And that was what was happening. Peter is reminding them here what is going on, that Jesus is indeed coming back again. And then when he says, and the commandment of the Lord and Savior through your apostles, I want to remind you this morning that he is reminding us. Us. Peter's reminding us of the commandment that Jesus gave that we are to love one another as believers. That's the commandment. That's the expectation. If we are truly in Christ, if we are truly His followers, I want to point out to you this morning that Jesus did not say, Love if they're lovable. He did not say, love if they're nice to you. He did not say, love unless they make you mad. He said, love. And that's exactly what the expectation is for true followers of Jesus Christ. We are to love, period. Now, we are supposed to tell the truth in love, but that includes actually speaking the truth. Now, in verse 3, Peter reminds them that scoffers will come in the last days with scoffing, following their own sinful desires. And maybe this morning you hear that term, either the word scoffers or scoffing, and you are not quite sure what it means. Well, let me just quickly define it for you. If someone is scoffing, what they're doing, they're making fun of somebody. They are making fun fun of somebody and I want to remind you that anytime we point a finger at somebody there are three of our very own fingers that are pointing back at us always keep that in mind and perhaps you're thinking this morning you know when I make fun of somebody I really don't mean anything by it I want to let that sink in for just a minute I've heard people say before when I make fun of somebody I don't don't mean anything by it. I find that difficult to believe, if I'm being honest. find it difficult to believe. And if it is the truth, then just stop it. It's not fun to be on the other end of it. It is not fun to be on the other end of it. Do not be labeled as a scoffer. The people that Peter is addressing this morning, they were making fun of the people that were abiding by the truth, that were saying Jesus is indeed coming back again. They were making fun of those people. And I'm going to tell you this morning, Jesus is indeed coming back. And I would hate to know that I had to stand in front of Jesus Christ and explain, scoffing about His second return. I would hate to know that. It's not going to be funny. It's not going to end well for those people. God will not reward that. But can I tell you something this morning? As bad as that is, we are called to love those people. We are not only called to love those people, we are expected to love those people as believers of Jesus Christ. And perhaps your mind this morning is asking the question, why? Why should I love those people? Let me just be as blunt as I can be to tell them about Jesus, to point them to Jesus Folks, sometimes I believe that we don't always take our jobs seriously. Mark, thank you this morning for sharing the Great Commission with us. That's exactly what we are supposed to do. Till the day that God calls us home, we are supposed to proclaim the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are to make disciples of all nations. But can I tell you something this morning? The all nations includes ours. It includes errors, And I have heard throughout my lifetime, sometimes when somebody announces that they're going on an international mission trip or perhaps that they are going into international missions permanently, almost always I will hear this response. Why do they have to go to a foreign country? There's all kinds of lost people here in our country, and there is. But that's your job. If he hadn't called you to go abroad, he's left you here for this nation. It is your responsibility to tell this nation about Jesus Christ. Tell them about Jesus. Point the world, the unbelieving world, to him. Verse 5, for they deliberately overlooked this fact that the heavens existed long ago. And the earth was formed out of water and through water by the word of God. And that by means of these, the world was that then existed was deluged with water and perished. But by the same word, the heavens and earth that now exist are stored up for fire, being kept until the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. So Peter is very clear to point out that these people deliberately overlook this fact. That's important that we don't look over those two words, that they deliberately overlook it. Well, what these people were doing, they were deliberately looking over the portions of the Old Testament that prophesied the coming of the Messiah, the second coming of the Messiah. It wasn't that they didn't know. They knew the Scriptures, but they chose not to believe it. Not to, honor, to not to honor the Scriptures. And I've got to stop right now and ask the question, have you ever met anybody like that? Someone who obviously knows the Scriptures, but just makes the decision that they're not going to do anything about it. Or perhaps they make the decision that they're just going to pick and choose the portions of Scripture that they're going to pay attention to. I want to talk to you seriously for just a minute. If you hadn't encountered somebody like that, we need to open our eyes because they are all around us. Greene County's full of people exactly like that that knows what the Scriptures say, but they choose not to believe it. And maybe you're asking yourself this morning, what on earth is he talking about? Well, I'm going to tell you. There are people, and I know some people like this, That they scan through the New Testament, they look at everything that Jesus said, and if they cannot find that Jesus ever addressed their specific type of sin, they choose to forget the rest of the Bible and say, well, Jesus didn't talk about it, so it must be, okay, I want you to hear me loud and clear this morning, church. That is dangerous. That is dangerous. If you are with us on Wednesday nights here in the sanctuary, we are going through the book of John. John's very clear of why he wrote his gospel. It's documented near the end of it. And he tells us specifically, Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in His name. That's why he wrote the book. And then if you go over to the very last words in the book of John, as he closes out his gospel, he tells us something similar again. He tells us there that Jesus did many other things that are not documented. John himself says he supposes that if all of those things were written down, that the world itself would not hold the books. So don't make the mistake of thinking just because you don't open your red-letter Bible and see that Jesus has addressed something, don't make the mistake of thinking that He didn't do it. Don't make that mistake. Can I remind you this morning that this entire book From cover to cover is God's holy word. All of it. All of it. Whether or not it's documented that Jesus said it or not, do you realize that Jesus is a part of the Trinity? He is God. He is God. We've got to take the entire Bible seriously. Pay attention to it because judgment is indeed coming. But do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. Now, Peter's careful here to remind the readers that we are not to overlook this one fact that One day with the Lord is as a thousand years. And we'll get to the other part of that verse in just a minute. But can I just say this? Our perspective of time and his perspective of time usually are two very different things. Guess who's right and guess who's wrong? In case you're wondering... If our timing difference was God's timing, it's us that's wrong, not Him. Christ stands above time. And when we think about just eternity in general, a single day could be viewed like a thousand years. Now, if you find yourself impatient this morning, will you be able to stand eternity? Really? Really? Will you be able to stand eternity if things don't happen right on a schedule? If a day is like a thousand years, will we say, hurry up, like, come on, let's hurry up, let's get this over? No, we won't say that. If we're in heaven, we will not say that. Because we will be so interested in, in praising Jesus that the time will not matter the time will not matter and then he says in a thousand years as can be viewed one as one day and i'm going to tell you between now and then we should do everything that we possibly can to point people to jesus We should be doing that. We should be praying for lost people by name. Now, a few weeks ago on a Sunday morning, I asked the question, I think I gave maybe a three-month time span, and I said, if right this very minute God answered every prayer that you have prayed over the last three months, and He answered it the way that you wanted Him to, How many people would now just be added to the kingdom of God because you prayed for them by name? I'm going to ask you again this morning. But let me give you a shorter time frame. What if over the last month you found out right this minute, right this minute that God had answered every prayer that you prayed and He answered it the way you wanted Him to? How many people would just be added to the kingdom of Jesus Christ. We are to be praying for lost people by name. We've got to do that. And you know, I've shared with you recently that one of the things when I am up at all hours of the night, Praying, I pray specifically that this church will have a burden for lost people. That we will truly desire revival. That we will pray for each other and that we will pray also for lost people by name. I pray that we will do that. And we see the will of Christ in verse 9. He doesn't wish that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. Now, I want to be really clear with you. That's his desire. But there are going to be people who will intentionally choose not to accept that free gift of salvation. It's like their eyes are blind. Perhaps they've never heard the name of Jesus Christ. And you may even be thinking to yourself this morning, I find that hard to believe. There are people right here in Greene County that do not know about Jesus. We should be telling them about Jesus. Their eyes are blinded right now and they're desiring the things of the world. And then there's another group of people who truly believe that everything is okay, that they are a Christian, but at the end of the day, they are just as lost as lost can possibly be. That's, that's how it is. Their eyes have been blinded. Folks, you've heard me say so many times, your eternity will be spent in one of two places, either heaven or hell. Over the last few weeks, you've heard me talk a lot about the wide gate and the narrow gate, and I'm going to talk about it briefly again this morning. And I do want to remind you, if it offends you to hear this, these are words of Jesus. Jesus said this. I'm just simply telling you what He said. But Jesus says that there are two gates. One of them is wide, and it is easy to find. And many are have entered through that gate. The way is easy if you enter the wide gate. But that gate, that path leads directly to hell. Jesus says there is another gate that is narrow. He says it's difficult to find. And Jesus now says that few find it. Few find it. That way is hard. But it leads to eternity in heaven I've got to ask you again this morning, which of those two gates have you entered? He wants you to know this morning. He wants you to know which of those two gates that you have entered. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved in the earth, and the works that are done on it will be exposed. The day that Jesus comes back, it will be as surprising as that thief that breaks into a house at night. And on that day, it's going to be too late to beg for mercy. It's going to be too late to make a decision to follow Christ as your Lord and Savior. Once Jesus comes back, it's too late to make a decision The Scripture tells us here on that day the heavens is referring to the galaxies and the other solar systems beyond earth. They're going to pass away with a roar. Can you imagine what that sound is going to be like? And the answer to that is no, we can't imagine. But if we are still on this earth, if we have not died before Jesus comes back, our ears are going to hear it. Our ears are going to hear it. And then everything else other than the earth, will be burned up or destroyed. And then it says, and the works that are done on earth will be exposed. And they will be. They will be exposed. I've said many times that God is a just God. His judgment will be final. Nothing or nobody will escape. When i to ask you again this morning, do you know Him today? Are you sure? that you do eternity again it is a long time to be wrong the invitation this morning is obviously at the top of the list it's for a lost people if you are here this morning you don't know jesus as your lord and savior or if you are watching us on the live stream or listening to us on the radio and you do not know jesus as your lord and savior i can i remind you life is uncertain life is so uncertain Someone's life will end today. And at this point, they likely don't even realize it. But it's going, to, it's going to end for somebody today. Not necessarily somebody that's here, but it could be. It could be. One of our lives could end today. If you're here this morning, or if you're hearing my voice this morning, and you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, there is no other decision that is more important than that. There is nothing else that's on your schedule that is more important than that. And I would love, I would absolutely love to introduce you to Jesus Christ. There are other people here this morning that would also love to introduce you to Jesus Christ. The second part of the invitation this morning is to those who possibly have found that they've become complacent. Complacent in their walk with Christ. Maybe they just have reached a point where they know they're saved and they're happy with that. We should have a burden for the lost. We should have a burden for the lost. Perhaps this morning you just need to come and kneel at the foot of the cross and make the commitment to Christ that from this day forward it's going to be different, that you are going to tell people about Jesus right where he has placed you. And then the third area of the invitation this morning, perhaps you'd like to come and pray for revival within this place. I invite you to come. I invite you to come. Let's pray for revival. If you read about all the great revivals that have occurred throughout church history, One of the things that they all have in common is that they begin after serious prayer. After very serious prayer. God's people come together. They cry out to God. They ask Him to send revival. They beg Him to send revival. Do we we desire revival? Do we want revival? Or are we just okay with things as they are? And I'm saying that in love this morning. I desire to see revival. I believe this church could see a major, major revival. But he's probably not going to send it unless we ask him for it. and Unless we ask him for it seriously. So this morning, if you have a need of any kind, anything that I've mentioned or anything else, I encourage you to come forward. and let's pray. Would you pray with me, please? Father, I thank you so much for for being able to gather with God's people this morning. What I thank you for the privilege of that. And what I pray, I pray now as we go into this time of invitation, What I pray that you will just search the heart of everyone in this sanctuary. And Father, I pray that you will move mightily. What I pray that that if someone is here this morning and they're carrying a burden, what I pray that this will be the day that they lay it at your feet. Father, if there's a lost pe- person here this morning or if there's lost people here this morning, I pray that today will be the day that your conviction will fall upon their heart and on their life. And what I pray that they will realize that there is nothing that is more important than a relationship with you. And what I pray that this will be the day that we will see salvation in this place. Father, for people that are carrying burdens, what I pray simply that they will kneel at the foot of the cross and give that burden to you and see that burdens are truly lifted at Calvary. Father, for the people who desire revival, what I pray that we will begin praying daily for you to send that revival. Lord, we realize that a revival is so much more than a series of a few days of meetings that we just simply call it revival. What I pray that you will send a true revival in this place. Lord, may it begin with me. May it begin with each of these people. And Lord, for the things that you'll do this this morning, Lord, I pray that we will give you the praise, honor, and glory for it all. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.